Hello everyone, my name is Logan, and I am your host of the Crowncast, uh, and that does mean that you are listening to the show where we talk about all of the various things that happen, uh, well, around Charlotte FC, including us not winning another game on the road. Um, we as took you can, a point. Yeah, we did, but as you can tell from my, uh, my cheerful attitude there, uh, I definitely didn't expect anything. I definitely... Wasn't thinking that Andre Shinyashinki would bury that last chance in uh, in extra time. And uh, here to be happy and sad about it with me as ever is Justin. Hello, Justin. Hey, Logan. How you doing? Uh, you know, uh, I've heard a lot of, of different ways to describe tying a game. And I don't feel like any of them really fit. Uh, and I feel like there's two different types of, of ties for a football match. There's the, like nobody did anything tie and two dumb goals went in and you end up with a one one and then there's the like the ball was absolutely smashing towards the net in in both directions and no defenses seemed to exist and chaos was breaking out and it was a super high intensity game that happens to end in a tie and uh, i think it's safe to say this was the latter would you agree this was it's nice to see us continue to sort of stack up a little bit and, you know, play a little bit more in the attack. And I think we kind of expected the byproduct of sending a little bit more forward, being a little bit more adventurous was going to be, we were going to take more shots, you know, mm-hmm. both ways. We're going to shoot at their, their net more. They're also going to get more shots at ours. And it's, it's an exciting game that you, a little, you know, a little disappointed to end it in the draw primarily because of the type of goal that we conceded. Yeah, and I, I will make it clear because we haven't actually said anything up to this point. We are talking about the 1-1 draw away uh, to the Columbus Crew this weekend. And for those of you who may have been looking for this podcast one day earlier, uh, we appreciate your sticking with us for this post-react. Uh, we are now officially a part of the... Uh, Queen City Podcast Network, and as so, so we are using their software. So uh, with this software change comes a little bit of uh, difference in practice, some stuff that we're going to have to get used to on our end, and we appreciate you for sticking with us. On that note, because this is not June 18th when uh, the game actually happened, because it is June 19th, we, as a podcast, uh, both myself and Justin, would like to wish all of the viewers out there, if you have children, uh, if you are a father, happy Father's Day, and happy Father's Day to a very special gentleman who is on the podcast with me, Justin, as a father. Happy Father's Day. Slogan, I appreciate it. Having a good time with the with the kids today, and they're very graciously giving me a little bit of time to vent about Charlotte FC and appreciate Charlotte FC in equal measure. Uh, is this like the one day of the year that you actually get time to yourself yeah, or is, is this not this even is, respected? No, this is, this is the day where it's like dad gets to get dad gets to ask for what he wants, you know? So I get the one, uh, and then, uh, it'll be gone tomorrow and it'll be back to normal. So <laughs> yeah, just think of it as all sort of an odd lucid dream. And that's probably the best way to not, to not have the, the down step when you get back to reality. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, for everyone out there, uh, for all the fathers out there, thank you for what you do, and happy Father's Day. We are going to move on to uh, returning to the talks about this match between Charlotte FC and Columbus Crew, because, uh, Justin, like you said, it was one of the games that, if we start to push up the field more, we are going to 
see teams get a little bit more space in behind our defense. There is nothing you can do about that. Human beings can only be in one place. And if the wing backs are pushed up, or if the full backs are pushed up, uh, there is going to be space down on the outside of the wings, and it can be taken advantage of. I sent you a message, I think like 15 minutes into this game, and the first thing I said was, Columbus Crew looks like they've scouted us. They're finding space that, that they know we're going to leave, and it looks like we're going to get a good test of the defense today. And uh, that's kind of what happened. We got to see a lot of players running back at the ball, uh, you know, defending on the turn, or defending, not defending, uh, defending on the turn. And we also got to see some of that sort of lively pop-off attack that we have been hoping to see more of. And I prefer this style of football. Uh, I realize it doesn't win or lose us the game today, but I prefer it. Justin, would you say you fall in that same boat? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... First of all, I think more than anything else, this plays to, in general, a lot of the strengths of the team. We are, I think, a better team playing a little bit more open, playing a little bit more counterattacking, trying to transition faster into the, the you know, into the offense. Like we talked about uh, in our Wednesday pod with, with Brian Pronico, you know, the team, I think, looks a little bit happier doing this. Um, also, I think that we have exceptionally good, especially right now, because I think Anton Walks you know, while Christian McCoon has been on the international break and, and playing with Venezuela, Anton Walks has gotten an opportunity to come in. And at the same time, the structure has been changed and everything like that. The center back pairing has a little bit more of the defensive re responsibility. Yeah. If the wing backs are pushing forward, if, if awful and more are pushing forward a little bit more, getting more involved in the offense, that puts more responsibility on the defense and walks and Carujo together have been stout. Yeah, they have, and... they've been really, really good. Uh, I'm going to hold you off here because we're definitely going to get into that later. I think that there's a really big talking point, especially with Anton Walks coming in. Um, and I'd like to do a deeper dive on that. And I think we're going to get the chance to do today. So unless we're going to uh, we're going to talk about him a little bit later, a little bit of a spoiler there. Uh, we're going to go into our crowns and our cards and we're going to do one a piece. Uh, Justin, do you want to start on the high notes? Or you want to start on the low notes? always start high you know let's start on the good stuff uh so let's let's start out with some crowns okay uh then i am going to go first uh and my crown is actually going to be a gentleman that you just talked about uh it's going to be anton walks uh yeah anton walks looks good i specifically remember seeing a poster for charlotte fc and i actually took a picture of it and uh you know i wasn't smart enough to have that picture available right now but it was showing all of the players that were, like, going to be the big deal players at Charlotte FC. And I remember thinking, like, a month and a half ago, two months ago, that almost none of them actually played for Charlotte FC. Uh, it was Carol Swiderski. It was Pablo Siniesta for goal. It was Anton Walks and defense. Uh, it was a, a couple others. It was Mackenzie Gaines, um, who were supposed to be, like, the really big names. And... We never saw them, like with the exception of uh, Carol Swiderski, we never really saw any of those names, and it's almost like we've had this revival of those names. You know, Mackenzie Gaines is now getting starts, Anton Walks is getting starts, but I feel like Anton Walks has really used his time in this team incredibly effectively. I feel like his reliability, his 
uh, he, I, he, I would call him like Guzman Corujo Jr. Uh, that side of the field, I don't panic when Anton walks is over there. And I had to sort of watch it in this game and watch it really closely to be like, hey, is he really putting in good defensive shifts? And he is. I mean, he looks good. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk later about the goal that is scored against us. Uh, maybe you could argue that Anton Walks could have done a little better there, but I don't think that situation is on uh, uh, him. I, I think he is. He has done his job well there, and he makes a number of spectacular tackles, really marshals the defense well alongside of Corujo, and especially considering this is only, what, his second game in the side, to have that level of connectedness with the people around him to be putting up just as effective or a more effective defense that is trying to push up the field and doesn't have all those extra bodies, he looks good. He looks like he's taking advantage of his run in the side, and I'm not sure I see Christian McCoon coming back in maybe at all short of some you know, injury or Anton Walks being, being away. Uh, Justin, you want to get in on this one? Yeah, I mean, that's, the I think, the biggest, and, and in my opinion, the best thing to come out of this sort of resurgence in, in Anton Walks' play, you know, I think that it speaks volumes about the managerial assessment of things that Anton Walks didn't see the pitch for so long. Yeah. Uh, and we change managers, and, and some of this is, you know, like I said, McCoon's on international break, Fuchs is out injured, everything like that. There's no reason that this Anton Walks shouldn't have been getting minutes prior to the last two matches. He's too good in this, at least as the first guy off the bench. Yeah. Like, ideally for Charlotte FC going forward, I think that you've got Fuchs and Carujo in the center of defense, and Walks is the guy that comes in if one of them needs you know, the breather, if one of them needs to, to come out of the match or something like that, because he seems to anticipate better, I think, than Christian McCoon, where the ball is going to end up, where the threat is coming from, and, and put, you know, it's a big frame. He's a big guy. Yeah, uh, put, not small. Put that big frame in the in the way. And so I vastly prefer Anton Walks' play over the last couple of games to what we have seen, for, you know, for 13 matches or so from, from Christian McCoon coming in and out of the side. Yeah, and, and not to harp on it for too long, but I, I think he's also brought Joseph Mora back into the side uh, in a way. I think that reliability down that side has given uh, that whole flank of the team more freedom. It's given them the the ability to be dangerous moving up. It's given them good clean passing that they don't have to struggle with to to maintain control over uh just really impressive out of anton walks i suspect we're going to see a lot more of him if he keeps playing this way uh justin do you want to go into uh your crown for the day yeah i mean i i think i'm gonna take the obvious crown and the obvious card and so i'm gonna give the obvious crown to the player who scores the goal who who wins us the point uh andre shinyashiki i this is a maybe a crown with a little bit of an asterisk because he's got a free header in the first half that I really want to see him finish. And you alluded to it to it earlier. The opportunity late when, when Alcivar puts him in and he is just one-on-one. -on -one, and we saw it last week, a one-on-one -on -one with the keeper against New York Red Bull that didn't quite get finished. I'd love to see 
that improve a little bit or you know i'd love to see the the pass off to daniel rios who's sort of making the the second run uh but there was an opportunity very late very late in this match in stoppage time a very good opportunity to take all three points uh, against Columbus and Shinishiki does miss it. That said, he's bringing everything else that I think you want in this position for the way this, this team is playing now. He is one of the best at making those, you know, runs off the back shoulder. He's one of the best at finding the space in behind. The pass that Alcivar sends up that way, you know, Shinishiki's He's drifting into those dangerous areas and pulling the defense out of shape. Um, we talked with Brant Bronico midweek when we, we interviewed him. One of the things that he looks for as soon as he gets the ball in that defensive midfielder spot mm-hmm. is what's where are the wingers? Are they making the runs? Are they on? And Shinya Shiki's consistently making the runs and it's still really impressive. And, you know, it's a poacher's goal. It's a rebound. Uh, and he, he puts it back in. He puts it back in, though, with some skill, right? Like, there's an interesting English to the shot he takes that gets it up and down quickly and over the defense, over the goalkeeper who's still sort of sprawled to get it into the back of the net. Whether, you know, accidental or on purpose, I, I thought that it was a well-taken goal. And, you know, you scored the goal on the road. You won us only our second road point. Uh, in the season now like Andre Shinyashiki both times we have gotten a point on the road Shinyashiki has been on the pitch yeah Just and one of those was for the other team <laughs> and and if we're going to be totally honest with you in both of those games he missed a late winner that would have won the game for his team uh yes. it was not Charlotte FC the first time obviously <laughs> but yeah in both of those games he missed a late winner that would have won the game for his team uh, no, yeah, I, oh, go ahead. rang the crossbar hard for Colorado late against us. Uh, I do want to call out it, it, just a real quick, not a full crown or anything like that, but we interviewed him. I like the guy that I don't know how much influence that has on this. Veronica put in a really good shift. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're getting used to seeing Brent Bronico put in a good shift in the center of the field. Uh, if you do have some interest in hearing more about Brent Bronico, I would encourage you all to go back to our latest episode. We got the chance to bring uh, our number 13 into the professional studios at the Queen City Podcast Network and really have a lot of fun. We got to ask him some really interesting questions. And uh, if you don't know what Brant Bronico eats for breakfast, uh, that's on you because that information is out there and you can find out for yourself by going to check it out. Another thing that you can uh, sort of grab for yourself is one of the BB-13 drawstring gold-signed bags from Brant Bronico. We had him bring one in, and if you'd like to get your hands on that, we are doing it as a giveaway. So you can like us on any of our social medias and share us to your friends on any of our social medias, and that will enter you to win uh, this drawstring bag. And uh, we'll probably end that in about a week where we will put everybody's name in a hat we will completely random draw from the hat, and we will get in touch with uh, the lucky person who, who comes away with the bag. Uh, Justin, yeah. I'm going to real quick go back to Andre Zinyashenki because I think he just looks really, really good. He looks really dangerous. 
my statement on Andre Shinyashenki, and I saw this across the field today, was that sort of unlike getting the the sort of 7.5 out of 10 from everyone, I felt like we kind of got the 6 out of 10 from everyone or the 6.5 out of 10 from everyone in this particular match. I saw a lot of things that Andre Shinyashenki yeah. didn't do great. But I was always watching Andre Shinyashenki because he was always working his butt off to get into whatever position he could to make whatever he could theoretically make work happen. He was and is so committed to to being in the places that he can help his teammates. He's so committed to trying to turn up and and make things dangerous. He's so committed to getting back on that left wing and helping out that defender and providing an outball. Uh, he is moving into spaces where he's taking incredibly challenging uh, passes. He's taking challenging time. He's taking the ball under a lot of pressure. And while I saw him give it away a few times, I also saw him beat that pressure quite a few times. I saw him turn that pressure quite a few times. I saw him make that pass quite a few times. I saw him be the guy that put the effort in to get back and help his team multiple times. And I'll take that trade any day. Like, I will take somebody who is who is busting their butt and in this particular match, because I think we've seen his ball skills be pretty good all around, have a few moments of fiddliness, uh, and then he worked six times harder to make up for his moments of fiddliness. Uh, a really good match from, from him, and... I think a good match that shows he's a good player, even when maybe he's not on his best, that his his effort other, will make up for it. The other thing from him that that I love is after he has made the pass, the runs that he like, the the sequence that ends up with Charlotte putting the ball in the back of the net is finished by Andre Shinyashiki. It's also started by Andre Shinyashiki. You know, he's he's the one pushing the ball forward and, and playing out and getting it into position for it to be played up to Bender. And then TD Ortiz gets the shot. And, but Shinyashiki plays the ball off and then starts making the run. He starts making the, I'm going to get myself into the dangerous position and it pays off, you know, it pays off this time. I would love for it to have paid off another time or two. Cause there is a free header from a corner that I'd love to see him do a little better from. Mm -hmm. And obviously that late one, you know, you, you want it back, but, uh, you can't, I, I do agree with you though, that this was the 6.5, yep. you know, sort of across the board sort of performance with maybe an exception. Yeah. So, um, uh, we are going to transition it here, uh, because I think we both agree. It was kind of 6.5 from everybody, but I do believe there are some cards to give out. And I think it's fair to say that both of these cards are, a they're the 5.5s performances, not the uh, these people put in a, an absolute stinker on the field that day. Uh, Justin, I am 99.8674% certain what your uh, card is going to be because you are consistent. Do you want to give us your card? Yeah, I, I think everybody knows it, and, and he is the Superman between the sticks. But if there's if there is an area of his game that might need some work, it is with the ball at his feet, because Christian Christian Kalina once again has an error with the ball at his feet. Same sort of thing as Philly, you know, where where mm -hmm. he gave away just a terrible position. Uh, this one, in its own way, is even worse because he's not even trying to make the pass out. Yeah, he's, he's trying, trying to, to tap it around the player. Yeah. Feet. 
You know, he's trying to get into position, and he just he takes a really, really poor touch and just gifts the ball uh, to, to Hurtado over there for, for Columbus, who gets an opportunity to slot a freebie into an empty net because uh, there's a mistake by Christian Kalina. Yeah, and, and I'm still... going gonna... to... I'm going to weigh in here because I'm going to defend Christian Kalina. I think that we very, not that you're over here attacking Christian Kalina, but I think that we very very clearly saw, thank you everyone, English is hard. I think that we very clearly saw in the beginning of the season that Christian Kalina was not a keeper who's used to playing with his, used to playing like an outfielder, right? He's a great shot stopper. And we talked about this in earlier podcasts that, I saw Christian Kalina learning how to be the modern keeper, learning how to be the world-beating, you know, 11th man on the field, effective with your feet, good shot stopper, organizes the defense, comes out, plays as a part of the team, helps beat the press, keeper. And I was very clear with my expectations. I think, and I thought then, that he was going to give away three or four goals this season because he is learning something new at the highest level. This is goal number two. Like, ultimately, yeah. yes, it's a mistake. And, and it's a bad one, and it deserves a card, uh, especially considering the way that you have been refereeing this, Justin. It, it absolutely <laughs> deserves your card. Um, for me personally, what I'm going to say here is it's a mistake. It's a panicked touch that is heavy because he's not used to playing out around players with his feet certainly not that close um i don't know if he thought anton walks was going to give it to him that could be some lack of communication between a new defender in the side and a keeper uh but either way this is well within my range of expectation Uh, if we want this keeper to become the type of keeper who is a world beater He's going to go through this whether we like it or not. So uh, definitely deserves to be called out. You know, I hope he uses this as a learning experience. But it's, it's definitely not something that's causing me to panic. Justin, would you, would you say all that's around fair? Yeah. Look, this, is, this isn't a panic situation. This isn't uh, Christian Kalina is suddenly a bad keeper or anything like that. It's a mistake. It's a bad one. It gives a goal. And honestly, the way the rest of the defense plays, around him and the way he played the rest of the match if not for this mistake we'd probably take three points with just the one goal because i don't there weren't really super dangerous opportunities that i saw the rest of this match yeah we're gonna have to wait we're gonna have to wait till the advanced statistics come out uh to see whether or not we feel like columbus probably deserved one because obviously that particular chance is going to come in at like 0.8 xg or something ridiculous uh, we'll talk about that another time. I am going to go on to my card, Justin, unless there's anything else you want to tack on there. Nope. Uh, and I am struggling here because uh, I think I'm going to set a, a a new precedent for giving out cards. And it is very speculative, and it's something that I actually stole directly from you, Justin. So I want everyone <laughs> to know that I should get all the credit, and Justin shouldn't get mentioned at all. <laughs> I think I'm going to card Jalen Lindsay. And my thought process behind this is not that Jalen Lindsay is suddenly a terrible player. Harrison Awful has come in and he has looked good. Um, I think that there is a lot to be said about the fact that Harrison Awful got a shot and took it. 
more than Jalen Lindsay lost his, you know, he didn't do anything that made us all go, yeah, we need to get Jalen Lindsay out of there. But there is something, and I don't know if, like, maybe we want to address this as somebody who's like, their their market stock is is not doing well in Jalen Lindsay here. But something is keeping Jalen Lindsay now two games in a row basically non-existent in the field. And at 80 minutes, I would have actually said at 75 minutes, Harrison Awful was gassed. I mean, he was on empty. And rightfully so, he ran his butt off. Like yeah, the the pace which that team was keeping up that whole time everyone in the midfield looked dead by 80 minutes and you could just see they weren't able to keep that same intensity where was Jalen Lindsay at 75 minutes where was Jalen Lindsay at 80 minutes why was Jalen Lindsay brought on at 94 minutes and 13 seconds or whatever the the ridiculous late sub was um I really don't I don't know if this is just a player that uh, Latanzio likes better, and you know feels that Jalen Lindsay still has a still has improvement to make before he can trust him on the field. I don't know if Jalen Lindsay is not training well. I don't know if you know Jalen Lindsay is used to a slightly easier level of training. There's been discussion about the fact that the intensity in training is definitely going up. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going on, but I do know that a guy who was basically maybe not first name on the team sheet, but was was on the team sheet, no questions asked every game, has suddenly gone to being a, we're not even going to bring this guy in when the team is gassed and exhausted and really needs one of our fastest runners out there. So maybe a bit of a card to Jalen Lindsay. I don't know what's going on there, but I feel like there has to be some some rock in the flow stopping him from from seeing this team. Justin, what do you think? I mean, it's it's a little disconcerting, and I, I like I don't know how much of this to lay at Jalen Lindsay's feet versus how much of this is Christian Latanzio's decision or anything like that. But I mean, I I think, in my opinion, Jalen Lindsay was was one of our better performers under Ramirez, and I think he was a, sort of a consistent source of the type of creativity that I thought you know, would translate very well to Christian Latanzio's system as I watched that the first match. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I guess, a little confused about where this goes. I think the most likely explanation, like you said, is probably that there's something that, that Latanzio has not enjoyed in training. Yeah. You know. Uh, it seems and, the and, most reasonable, doesn't it? But... You know, I, I don't know how to sort of make that jive with the effort that I've seen from Jalen Lindsay early in the season. I mean, there's also oh. the very distinct possibility that, and maybe we'll talk about this more later so we don't get into it too much. There's also just the very distinct possibility that Harrison Awful is more comfortable in a position that pushes up like that, whereas Jalen Lindsay is just more comfortable in in a slightly deeper set defense where he's got more bodies around him and then he can dribble up you know it could just be that he's asking Jalen Lindsay to to learn a new skill and until uh Latanzio sees that that new skill is really coming on he's gonna let you know maybe even for Jalen Lindsay's benefit you know maybe don't throw him into the fire too early he's gonna let Harrison Awful take that role as Jalen Lindsay develops this is all speculation 
you know, this is all just uh, something that, that sparked is interesting to me that one of the players who we really sort of saw being a core member of the team has suddenly come out of it. Uh, but I do think we're going to start to wrap it up there. Justin, as ever, do you want to give me your two sentences to, to take us away? is always good i think i'm what i'm excited about more than anything else now as we move forward is international breaks over and everybody is back working for christian latanzia now yep. let's see what this team can do with all of its weapons back in this system yeah and i'm gonna come right behind you with that and say that's the first away game i've seen us go out there to win um yep uh or maybe you could argue that seattle had some you know some flashes of that but that's the first game, away game that looks structured that we went out there to win. And I like that a lot more than shelling up and hoping to get a lucky counter. Uh, with those thoughts, we will let you go. We will talk to you Wednesday. Please find us on social media. Share us so you can get a chance to win that Brant Bronico bag. And we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>